Listen, money is being held up because nominations are being held up. More on this in this episode of Stationed with Stories. Station with Stories. That's it. All right, you are listening to Station with Stories. I am your host, Kalisha Hollis Jesse. And before we get started, let me just let y'all know that these are my thoughts, my thoughts, my thoughts. And they do not represent or reflect the positions, opinions, or views of the U.S. Armed Forces in any way. All right, y'all, now that that is over, hi, peeps. We are back once more, another episode. If you have been rocking with me, from the beginning, let me just tell y'all how much I appreciate your support. Listen, we out here talking about this mill spouse life and of course these books, this flash fiction, and y'all have been rocking with me. So thank you. And if you are new to the podcast, you are in the right place. Now, let me just say this before I go into the episode completely. I actually sat down with another podcaster recently, and I mentioned this last week that I would be on her podcast, but Yavana Chase, she has a podcast called Coaching the Brave, and I just got word that the episode that I appear on is live. It came out on the 21st of July, so this past Friday, so you should go and listen to it. And you'll get a sense of just my journey. I've talked a little bit about, you know, being a military spouse, like transitioning. Obviously, that's what the podcast is about, right? But this episode in her podcast, I talk specifically about what my life looked like before that. And just, you know, some inspirational things that really align with her podcast. So once again, that is Coaching the Brave podcast. It is by Yavana Chase. Just came out and um, it is found, I think, a lot of different places. Spotify has it. Apple has it. A lot of different places. I think she also has a main site that has it. So go check it out. And I'll put some details and links in the episode notes. Now, let's jump into the book that I finished this past week, y'all. I listened, because y'all know I'd be listening, okay, to this book And I want to say it popped up because of my interest in another podcast that had to do with food. Maybe. I can't remember. But this book is called Notes from a Young Black Chef by Kwame Onwachi. Came out in 2019. Okay. So this is a memoir. And I actually did not know this name, Kwame Onwachi, before now. But apparently he was on Top Chef as a contestant and made it quite a ways through and maybe has a lot of buzz in certain areas, DC area as a chef. I missed all of that. Okay. And I tell y'all, sometimes I come into these books and I, I don't really look at what other people have said about it. And for me, it's kind of, I want to go in unbiased in my opinion. So when I review them, I'm not, you know, using the language of other people. I'm really coming up with it based on my own experience. But, right, I did not know anything about this guy who apparently already had a platform and wrote this memoir. So my three words are bravado, swelling, wistful. So first, bravado. This is a memoir. This is about literally a Black chef, a young Black chef. 
And it is a collection of stories, you know, memoirs, that's what they are, a collection of stories that really tell a or give a picture about someone's life the way that they want to tell that, uh, usually surrounded by one particular theme. And obviously his theme is is becoming a chef and what paths his life took to get him where he was and where he is. And there's a lot of bravado and he talks a lot in his journey. And I will have to go back and see what he was like as a contestant on Top Chef. But he talks a lot about his journey as a young black man, a young, you know, American and also Nigerian. And, you know, his family moved from New York. He lived in Louisiana at one point. He had a lot of different experiences in different contexts. And he talks about the confidence piece, his own confidence, particularly, I guess, as he grew into adulthood being a big thing. And especially when he started this restaurant in D.C., that that was, you know, a dream of his to start his own restaurant, to have his own vision. He being his own chef in his own kitchen after working in many different types of kitchens, top tier, very much kind of low grade, all in between kitchens. There's a lot of bravado. And he talks about how the public really understood him to be in some ways arrogant. He talks about that and how he embraces his confidence. But in the the prose in his story, there's a lot of bravado. It's very epic, even though the way it starts, the book starts with the eve of the, I want to say, had to have been 2016 elections and how he was about to start his restaurant. So it, it was a very majestic feel. It was very much a lot of bravado. And so even in his lower points of his life, he talks about his relationship with his father, which is very poor. And you know, the experiences that were difficult in his childhood, even with those difficulties, there's a there's an air of like triumphant, like bravado, you know, like persevering. This is this is hard, but I'm a hard person. I got this. So there's that, the bravado of the prose. And in his personality, it comes out on the page. Two, swelling. Swelling. I would say that this memoir really swells with energy, swells with purpose. It seemed like he and, you know, his team really thought, you know, putting his stories on paper, how do we editors, right? How do we really make this a story of someone who is not, it's not a rags to riches story. He says that explicitly. He did not grow up in rags. It wasn't opulence, but his mother made sure that they could make it and they were always trying to make it. But there's a swelling of hope. He brings in some political pieces there. You know, in DC, there's a great tendency, right, when people are writing about anything DC to to add in the political as well. And that's in the book. And a swelling of experiences. They they're piling up on each other, right? One, the next one is bigger than the one before it. There's a swelling that's happening in his life that he tells about not just being a young chef up and coming, but just being a young man and, and trying to figure life out. And he 
even, you know, with that swelling, he had times where the bottom fell out and he had to figure things out. But then there was like this, after the bottom fell out, then this swelling, this kind of growing in intensity of his life to another precipice. So that leads me to wistful. Now, y'all, as I said before, I did not know how this book was going to end. I, and, you know, obviously it's a memoir. The person writes their own memoir. They are still alive. The story is not over. It's just the book is over. But I was not expecting that the main event that you even start with at the very beginning of the book, and this is a kind of a spoiler alert, kind of, so you can skip past the next, you know, 20 seconds if you want to, but he, it, it fails. His restaurant fails. And I did not do the, I didn't research. I wanted to read the book, right? I did not realize how epically he failed. And so there's that. It's worth reading even, even with that being the case, but it was a a great shock. If you knew it before, okay, I think you would still read it. But me not knowing that it failed epically was quite a surprise. I feel like memoirs usually don't have this happy, cheery, like everything's great ending. But I did not realize that there's going to be such a wistful, like, what if, if, you know, what if, well, what if things would have gone differently? He talks about what went wrong for the restaurant to fail so epically. But also, you know, it's open-ended because what will happen in the future? I, and I saw this book as kind of a strategic way to get his story down on paper and to get more notoriety, more views, more buzz around his name. And back to the bravado, that's kind of who he presents as. Very much, you know, no press is bad press. I'm I'm a hustler. I'm going to get it somehow, some way. And so once again, the book is Notes from a Young Black Chef by Kwame Onwachi. Came out in 2019. Check it out if you so choose. All right, y'all. Moving on to the topic of the day. Listen, money is being held up because nominations are being held up. So, you know, y'all know I don't really get into political on this podcast. That's really not my project for this phase. But it, it, it is something that popped up in my email last week. And I want to say it was Blue Star Families wanted to know how I felt about the over 250 military promotions being held up by an Alabama senator. Okay. And based on like his beliefs that something should be changed. And I'll talk a little bit more about that. And if you haven't read it, the news stories you haven't seen it, then is it's pretty hot. I would say it's a pretty hot military topic right now. And you know, these go in and out of popularity, you know. So this this will pass eventually. But right now, in this moment, it is quite a hot topic. And I did not know anything about it until I got the email and I looked up what the email was talking about. I'm like, wait, what nominations being held up? What does that mean? Who, who's doing it? What, why are they doing this? And if you have not seen this, okay, so basically there is a senator, Alabama senator, his last name is Tuberville, and he feels very strongly about the DOD's current 
abortion travel policy, meaning that the DOD will pay travel for people who want to get uh, an abortion in another state because they can't get get an abortion in their state, okay? These are military members, I'm understanding, and or, or under the umbrella of the DOD. And so he's against it. And he's like, you know what? We are going to um, use our power by we. I mean, he, I'm going to use my power in the way that I know how or the way that I think is most effective, which is we are going to hold up these nominations. And this is particularly for people who are top ranking military officials, they cannot get promoted until this goes through the Senate. And right now it is not going through the Senate and they typically do a vote that is, you know, we're going to vote all 100 of these people into their new promoted positions and keep it moving, right? They don't spend too much time on it. Right now they got to spend a lot of time on it because he is withholding this ability to move forward on the matter. But y'all, it really got me to thinking uh, about how important y'all it is to keep your accounts in line. Yes, it is a government. And it's interesting. I think part of his position is that we shouldn't politicize the military. And, you know, the Secretary of Defense, Lloyd Austin, he said, this is a readiness issue if we can't get our people promoted. It is it is quite a quite a mess, y'all. Quite a mess. And it doesn't matter where you land in terms of the political piece of the political issues, okay? For me, y'all, this is this money being held up and we have to understand, y'all, as military spouses and for those people who, you know, if you're not military spouse, just let y'all know this money that gets doled out to us, whether it is, you know, housing allowance or is subsistence allowance or other different allowances, y'all, that is controlled by the government. And you knew that. Mm-hmm. We all knew that. Okay. So whether we want it to be political or not, it is because politicians have to sign things in order for us to get our monies. Okay. And getting our monies is important. Everybody wants to get it. Okay. You, you, if you work, you want your pay. And, but unlike for a private company, right? Whereas a CEO or CFO who signs the checks, usually CFO signs the checks, right? And they get cut. And as long as they can make payroll, that, you know, you get your pay. There, there shouldn't be any crazy, silly things that happen. And if your private company messes up your money, you have legal recourse. Mm-hmm. You have legal recourse. Now, for those who fall under the umbrella of, you know, government jobs, and this is not just military spouses, right? If you are under the government, right, but government pays you, listen, when when the politicians are acting how they like to act sometimes, just just messing up things for everybody, oh, it's a hold up for everybody. Mm-hmm. It's a hold up for everybody. They can, in their powers, mess with your coins. Mm-hmm. And so, y'all, it just it really got me to thinking about, you know, the LES, the LES, and I can't even remember what it, what it stands for, y'all. I was, it's awful. It's awful. But the LES statement. I think it's a leave accrual, leave something statement. But anyway, it's your financial statement. Y'all, you have to make sure that you know 
that everything that you're supposed to be getting paid is getting paid properly and on time. And I will tell you, if you have not been through this before, y'all, the the military will sometimes pay you, overpay you, and then take the money back. Sometimes they will not pay you enough, and then they will have to figure it out later on. But y'all, being tied up, promotions mean more money. Y'all know it. If you get promoted, you get more money. And if you are trying to plan out some things in the future and you think you're going to get that money, and that money doesn't happen because the politicians are acting up, <sighs> sadness, drama, disappointment, okay? So definitely, if you are not someone who is used to going into those statements and trying to uh, figure out, you know, making sure that you're getting paid what you are supposed to be getting paid, let me tell you, you should start it. You should start doing that now because for, you know, these moments where you are not getting what you think you're getting. And this is probably, I mean, you know, when you think about 250 people, that's not very many people in the grand scheme of things. And of course, you know, there might be some people who say, hey, this is affecting my house. And that's, that's, we care about things that are affecting our house. But just in general, right? The idea is that you want to be very mindful of just finances because things can get tied up money that you're supposed to get especially when you're moving around a lot like we have moved around a lot and you're supposed to get certain allotments with TLA and TLE um that allotment right for whether you are staying in a hotel for the 30 days or sometimes shorter amount of time before you go back conus so go back to the US Continental United States, right? Or Oconus, you're you're traveling, you're moving, and you need that buffer money, and you're waiting for that buffer money. Mm-mm. Don't wait until it gets there. You need to have it together beforehand because y'all sometimes things just don't hit that bank account like it should. And um, yes, LES, leave an earnings statement. There it is. That's what it is. <laughs> leave an earnings statement. But anyway, y'all, it's it really is quite an interesting way to go about, right? Dealing with a, a very, an issue that he feels very strongly about messing with other people's money, not his money, other people's money, okay? But uh, certainly it's something that I hope that we can resolve, right? In the spirit of working togetherness <laughs> so that these people can get their new paychecks and be fully into their new jobs so that we can keep things moving right along for the United States military. All right, y'all. So moving on to the last portion of the podcast, I have for you a piece, another flash fiction piece, and it is called Fairy Tales Come True. People didn't come to the Colorado State Fair on Thursday mornings as chilly and overcast as today, except for Tanya. But here she was, one of only two people in line for the Ferris wheel, wishing she could be where she really belonged. The other person in line, a nondescript, bohemian-looking middle-aged lady, was whisked into the seat opposite her, and Tanya pretended she hadn't called off sick from work today to sulk her misfortunes. 
A poof like the sound of a powder brush dabbing fleshy cheeks shook the car. And 20 seconds later, Tanya was biting her bottom lip. Not sure whether she was too far off the ground to survive the fall if she jumped out of the Ferris wheel bucket now. She was only 90 degrees up on the ascent. The bohemian lady turned fairy godmother, primped herself with pats to her bouffant, and straightening out her mauve formal ball gown. The probability of this moment was infinitesimal. What would her colleagues think if she told them? that she'd experienced a real-life mathematical conundrum of physics and matter, the changing of properties so astounding that surely she could publish several papers about it. If this was real life, was this real life? Dear, I beg you to focus on this matter. You can be quite scatterbrained. No wonder you were overlooked. Tanya snapped out of her rabbit hole thinking and licked her dry lips. A choice, you say? Tanya croaked. Yes, dear. A rather simple one, I should say. The Ferris wheel reached 120 degrees into its trajectory. Surely it was too late to jump out now. And I can go today? Tanya asked. Yes, you can go straight away, Fairy Godmother said. And be with my one true love? Yes, you'll be with your one true love. But I have only until midnight? Tanya asked. Fairy Godmother winked. I believe you'll be finding it sufficient time to win over your beloved. Tanya paused. Was it this simple? Taking a deep breath, she nodded. Yes, Tanya said. Yes? Fairy Godmother pulled a glass protractor from her rhinestone clasp. Use this at the International Mathletics Competition, and you're sure to take home the trophy. And suddenly, their little cabin on the Ferris wheel turned into a plane, and Tanya's casual attire turned into her usual mathematics professor's khakis and sweater, and she flew off to claim the national title of her dreams. All right, y'all, that is it for this episode. I hope that you enjoyed it. Definitely check me out on the website, stationwithstories.com. You can leave me a comment there. You can also find me on social media, stationed underscore story. And y'all, leave a comment wherever you are listening, okay? Leave a comment and give the podcast all the stars. Once again, a reminder to check me out on Yvonne Chase's podcast, Coaching the Brave, where you will hear me talk about my life and how I got to this moment. And um, you know what? We will be back next week. I am your host, Kalisha Hollis-Jesse. This is Station with Stories. Bye, peeps.